0: Let's not play with your mind. Let's listen to Jesus. And then we'll come back to playing with your mind later, if we have time. How's that? All right. I will not leave you as orphans. All right. Which means if he's not going to leave you as orphans, then what does that mean? You are a child. You are a child. That's right. And children that are orphans are children whose parents are dead. dead or abandon them. Right? Yeah. But I will not leave you as orphans. You have your father. You have your brother. Right? So as long as Jesus is with you, then you're with the Father. That's this whole dialogue that's going on. And um, and John is, well, it's really Jesus, but the way that John records it for us, it it gets a little fatiguing. I actually grow a little, it gets a little hard for me to actually write notes because I'm like, didn't he already say that? I feel like he already said that. (laughs) So sometimes I'll write something down that might be new in that expression. But as we're moving forward in these chapters, because it's so repetitive, we may be able to move a little bit faster because we like, we already talked about that, but here it is again. All right, so I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will, future tense, right? Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. All right, so what's he talking about? Jesus won't, will come back, but his, the mean or manner that he will come back to them won't be the same. Okay, so how does Jesus come to us now? How is he with us now? The word is through word and sacrament, that's correct, that's right. Um, which means that the world can't see him because he's not walking amongst the world, right? He's only present in the church. And think about always, you know, this is kind of related to what Ron's question at the end of class last week. All the ways that the church, I mean, we even use terms like sanctuary, right? We call the church a sanctuary. We have Paul's word, be, be in the world, but not of the world, right? The church is in the world, but it's not of the world. Uh, and he doesn't just mean that doctrinally, by the way. We also do things. We act differently. Um, we're countercultural. The church is countercultural. Now, in America, thinking about elections and things, but you don't have to, in, in the U.S., because so many of the founding fathers were largely Protestant, although Maryland was Roman Catholic. I think Massachusetts was Roman. No, they were Presbyterian. There were some Roman Catholics. Georgia was Roman Catholic. Maryland was Roman Catholic, but um, then there were a lot of Protestants, so, but there were largely either Christians or, or deists that had a lot of Christian heritage, right? And so our country, it culturally, actually, and morally, ethically, was pretty Christian-looking. That's changing, right? Think about um, uh, France. Have you been watching the news with France? like, the, like a, a grandmother that got beheaded. You see this? It's terrible, Right? Um, there was the teacher a couple weeks ago because he showed a cartoon of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that's grounds for killing somebody. I, I don't think so, but um, with, with Islam, you know. So what does uh, Emmanuel Macron, you know, the president, what does he say? What did he say in response to all this Islamic, um, you know, terrorist stuff? He says, what we need is we need a French version of Islam. Now he said that, guess what, guess what uh, the, the uh, clerics said in the, uh, throughout the world about Macron? That made him the devil, actually, in their estimation. They actually, uh, it was like Ali Al Jazeera or something, pictured Macron except he's got devil horns and everything on it. Like, those are fighting words. You, you don't get to tell us what Islam is as a president. Um, but we have something similar here where it's like, okay, our, our, our church is meant to be according to God's word, that we, we act, we behave, we have, our, we have our whole being in Jesus. And if the world, our surrounding world, our culture looks similar, um, that's okay. But it also, I think it made us a little complacent as a church, right? But now, like for example, uh, if you look at like uh, Mr. Biden's um, um, it's already passed the House of Representatives. The Democrats passed it there. They didn't have the Senate, but if they can get the Senate, then they can pass this bill, especially if they're the president, right? Um, the bill is something about Equality Act, and he said he'll pass it in the first 100 days of his administration. That's what he said. And it, and it defines um, any religious institution except for the church proper, so a school. The school can't say that, um, that you have to believe what we believe to be a teacher. It ixnays it, nice that by law, because the Supreme Court has said that we can actually have religious tests as to who we have teaching in our schools. Because, and we even call them ministers of the gospel. It's one of the reasons we do that, even though it's not really what we say it is in the Bible, but we use the IRS definition so that they can be, get the same classification as I get, as pastor. Um, and it, but not just classification, but protections. And that's one of the protections it's like if, if you had a teacher who came out as lesbian and was teaching the kids it's okay, then we, we should be able to release that teacher because that's contrary to what we believe. It's at the core. But uh, Mr. Biden and his plan, and the, again, it's the law that's already passed the House, hasn't passed the Senate yet or been signed, says that that will be illegal. You can't do that. That includes adoption agencies, right? Um, that's banned in a lot of states, Illinois is for one example, where you, there's no Catholic adoption in, or, or even for the most part Christian adoption in Illinois because Illinois prohibits you to make exclusions to homosexual couples, yeah. Go back a few minutes, you mentioned that the really, coming out of the word sacraments. Mm-hmm. Right. How do we look at um, people who come and get the change of heart conditions? Yeah. I mean, Paul had a vision, Joba, in the Old Testament. Right. Jacob uh, had uh, a vision. Sure, yeah. Where did the vision direct them? That's the I point. Mean, it, it maybe has a different purpose. It does. But, but ultimately. But like a lot of people who, especially uh, uh, the. Who can't think of it? The. the, <laughs> the uh, Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, they're much more open to it. The, the Muslims mm-hmm. are, 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 are making uh, testimonies. Right. They've seen, or right. control Christ's visions. Right. So how do we look at them? Uh, so, well, actually, a, an example within our sister church in Germany, the Zelk, there are um, Muslim immigrants in Berlin <coughs> And this was in the Lutheran Witness probably two years ago, three years ago. Uh, I can't remember the pastor's name now. Oh, Gottfried Martins is his name. I met him. He's a great guy. Um, he was at this struggling little, they had two parishes, it was combined, and the one church was kind of failing. And then he, kept, he had all these Muslims come to him and say, tell me about Jesus. And they're like, He's, what's going on? He Now he has a church of 4,000 of Muslims that con- mostly that converted, Islamic-speaking people. But not Islamic speaking. What do they call it? Arabic speaking. Uh, so he had to learn Arabic and the whole deal. And, and it's exactly that. He talks about it in that Lutheran Witness article. You can find it online where, he, um, where they had visions. They had visions of Jesus and Jesus told them to go to church. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> he said, you know, go find out, you know, learn from me. That, and that, that's a godly vision. Um, the problem with visions, as, as with all of the spiritual stuff, is does it lead you to Christ or lead you away from Christ, right? So what, do, what we call like witchcraft or sorcery, um, that's a, you know, it's not just like on, a, like on television or something. Harry Potter. Harry Potter or something, yeah. whatever it is. It's, if it leads you away from faith in Jesus, then it's not of God. Simple as that. If it leads you to faith in Christ, then it's of God even if it, be, and it might have even been like a great evil, like um, 9-11 or something, right? And it led people back into the church. God even used that to bring about faith, right? But he did, the faith comes by the word and the word comes through. You have to hear it, right? So I'm not gonna limit God's word. I mean, think about like um, the healing in, in Luke's gospel where they say, you know, well, Jesus, stop those people from healing or casting out demons in your name. And he's like, they did it in my name. What are you upset about? Well, you didn't send them. Okay, uh, what's your problem? I mean, are they doing my work? Yeah, they're doing my work. Right. So we, because that, it's probably because most of you, I think, are German heritage, right? Am I right? Most of you are German, yeah. You like everything. Boxes, right angles, easy to define. It's got to be done in order, always the same, every time, don't ever change, right? All right. Um, and then Jesus says, you know what? My, It breaks out in all sorts of places. And... uh you know, he works through many means. So that's that's my example. That's my, I think it's a contemporary example. It makes sense to me. Uh, the problem is, though, um, what's going on, I think, contemporary culture anyway, is that the world is starting to look very different than the church. Like I mentioned, uh, adoption, um, homosexuality is a pretty obvious one, but um, I think there's some other things, even marriage and family, just in general. Right? We have the destruction of marriage and family, or the destruction of I mean, the Bible does, to answer your question from last week, the Bible does have quite a bit to say to citizens and to rulers, right, Um, to govern with order and according to God's law, right? And if we depart from that, um, I posted on Facebook this morning, go find it on my wall, because Facebook's not going to show it to you because they don't want you to watch it. Um, It's a video about Antifa. You've probably heard of Antifa. These are some of the rioters and looters come from that group. Unfortunately, there's many groups and they all work together, so it's hard to know. Uh, but anyway, you watch the video and you learn where it came from and what it's about. And you're like, it's not from God. God doesn't bring disorder and chaos. He doesn't, he doesn't cause revolution. Like to, to your point, honor Caesar, right? Pay taxes to Caesar. Like actually the American Revolutionary War was unjust according to the Bible. Sorry, you don't have to like it. But I mean, God used it and it's a great country. But at the same time, it's like, he was your king, And you know what the tax rate was that they rebelled over? Everybody know how much they was taxing? With, you know, tea party, dumping all the tea into the... It was pretty low. Yeah, it was, I think it was 2%, right? And now, you know, Mr. Biden's, for example, I don't know Trump's plan. Well, I know Trump's plan because it's what we currently have, right? Biden wants to raise the tax rate across the board somewhere between 40 to 60% for everybody is what your tax rate will be, income tax. Like, whoa. And we, and we rebelled over 2%. Anyway, so uh, the world is changing. And that just means the church, the church doesn't need to change with it. it. But it does mean that the church will, seek, will, will be countercultural, and that will cause us some difficulty. And uh, if we lose, uh, for example, the housing allowance would be an example of this. The last time it came up in the state, the state house, it, only was, it was almost struck down. It was only a couple of votes short, short of being struck down. So then we wouldn't have housing allowance. Now you probably don't know what this is, but or maybe you do. Um, but they, my housing cost gets deducted from my salary, so I don't I don't consider that cash income. Uh, same for our teachers, right? Uh, which is pretty substantial. I mean, this is like twenty thousand dollars that I don't get. I don't have to claim as income. I mean, that's pretty substantial, right? Uh, if that goes away, now you're talking about increase going into a whole other tax bracket, the whole deal, right? And that could really negatively affect the church. Or if we lost. Um, Um, Exemption. Tax exemption. 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 Not necessarily tax exempt, but property tax exemption. right? Yeah, so think about all that kind of stuff. Uh, That would make the life of the church a lot more difficult. We just have to tighten the bootstraps. We have to suffer a lot more. But does that mean we have to change? Not really. And I think that's what Jesus is getting after. He's going to talk a lot about this topic in the next few chapters. So we'll get there. Um, But you will see me, right? So by faith, that's what we were talking about. Because I live, you also will live. All right, so Jesus died, but he rose, right? And you will die, but you will rise too. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's pretty heady stuff. Did I have a note about that? (sighs) No, yeah, all who are joined to him are no longer under death's power. He is the resurrection life, so we are joined to him. I don't, I don't think I said anything more about this because I don't really, like, what is he talking about? This is when there's probably, I have probably a book this wide over in my office that explains that verse, verse 20. Like, uh, it's called the, um, something in Latin, perichoresis maybe, that sounds right. It's, okay, so the, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, one God, the three persons, right? And try to figure all that out, right? Once you've figured that out, then imagine you've been joined to Jesus, which means you've been brought into that union of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And now explain me that. All right, let's move on. (laughs) But you've got it. Everything that is Jesus's is yours. His life is yours. His death is your death, right? All of that. It's all that. uh, What's the word? Sharing. He shares all things with you. That's what he's getting at there, which is good. And everything that's the Father's is yours then too, right? Because... Yours joined to Jesus, who is his son. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, we talked about that last week, right? Keeps them. The word there is Toretto in Greek. It's one of the few words that I can always remember because I've done word study on this a, a few times. Um, but it's keep. We t- we, so I, the way I like to remember it is like the anchor, right? The whole fast. I like the way uh, one of my uh, brother pastors says it. He's like, We're Jesus' hanger ons. Is that an expression? A hanger-on. I think he made it up. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we hang on to him, right? We hang on to him. He's like the, it's like uh, Like Patrick, you know? and He's always, like, you can't go anywhere because he's always grabbing on to you. And you're like, I'm looking at these two because they, they're invariably the ones who have to hold him My mom can't. me too. Yeah, there's you too. He's so clinging. He's so clinging. That's it, Clingy. So we're, we're clinging to Jesus, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And he doesn't get annoyed with it either. So that's good, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think we talked about Jesus being the trailblazer a few weeks ago, right? And I said it's like you ride on his coattails. He's got, he's got long tails, you know, like, uh, like the wedding dress, I suppose. The with the train, yeah. Well, actually, I think we have hymns and things that say that we ride in his train. And this isn't like choo-choo train. This is, that's what it is. It's the people who follow after. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, so he who has my commandments and we talked about commandments the word for commandment is in Hebrew Words, Torah that's his word yeah it doesn't necessarily thou shalt and thou shalt not it's more it's a broader word than that um, I think what verse is that commandments anybody going to tell me no 21 21 okay yeah antelos in Greek it's, it's the word for law in Greek. So we say commandments. But law means the equivalent in Hebrew is Torah, which is the books of Moses, which is the scriptures. So if you have his word and you hold fast to it, he it is who loves me. That's how you love Jesus, by listening to him. It's not that hard. Just go to church, listen, that's it. You know, but we like to make it more hard. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So you see that, that sharing, your love for Jesus, the love of the Father for the Son, and then that love all, it's all reciprocal. That's the right word. It's like a feedback loop, you know? And the love just keeps building up. All we need is love. That's what they say. Any, other, any thoughts on that? No? Yeah. Um, but you know this. I mean, this is true in practical sense, right? Um, uh, what, what was the thing a few years ago? Pay it forward. Do you remember that? No, it's still around. Is it still around? Yeah, I've had it happen where I go like up to a drive-through and somebody had already paid for us, especially when they see the big white, the big white van, <laughs> or maybe they don't because they see the big white van. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how many people are in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Their order was how much? <laughs> oh, it'd be the person behind us. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, would have to be the person in front of us. Yeah. So. Uh, but there is a way that love, love reciprocates that way, right? Because um, all, emo- actually, um, all emotion is that way. I was talking to Ann about this this week, right? Like, we, t- we use the term vibe, right? If you have a, you're, you're giving me negative vibes, man. Your, your emotions wear off on other people. Your behavior, your demeanor, it wears off. On, uh, good or bad, right? Like, you like to be around people who smile and are generous and happy and, you know, are content and, you know. Um, You don't like to be around people who are always doom and gloom, right? So, you know, I had a few comments coming out of this this service today and like it was really encouraging and uplifting. Well, of course it was because that was the point, (laughs) right? Hopefully I communicated that. I mean, I did talk about your sin a little bit. I can't help it. supposed to, right? But then it's, no, you're baptized. You're baptized, baptized, yeah. uh, That should wear off on you. That's the whole point. A little love goes a long way, maybe we could say or something like that. So here's that whole... Oh, I wish I could remember that word, that whole word. Well, we use the word communion, right? You know, that word. Break that word down. Communion. So we have union, right? And the com is with, yeah. So we're joined with one another, and of course, Christ is joined to the Father. Christ Himself joins Himself to the bread and wine. There's all these communions that are happening, right? And then when things join together, then they get to transfer their attributes, use the theological term. There's, there's a trans, uh, communication of attributes. Oh, communication, right? Yeah, that's where that comes from. All right, we can keep going. Whoever, da, 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 he loves me, he loves me, he manifests himself to me. All right, then verse 22, another Judas. Hey, look at that. Did we just have a Judas? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he took off. Judas, not Iscariot, in case you didn't know, <laughs> said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest up to yourself to us and not to the world? Alright, so that he latched onto that statement, that little bit. How are you gonna do that? It's a good question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I give you a note about this, Judas. He's also known as Thaddeus and Labaius. How many names do you have? Ten. Uh. Ten? Dude? The dude, you know, that's too bad we don't have a disciple. It's named the dude. And then the dude responded. You, you probably haven't. You tried to watch Big Lebowski and you didn't get very far. Yeah, it's pretty heady stuff. Once you get past all the cursing and swearing. <laughs> anyway. um, Judas, not Iscariot scary, said to him, Lord, is it, how is it? And what did I say? Um. Yeah, why must the world be excluded? Wouldn't the world, on seeing Jesus again, receive him? And the answer is, of course, no. Only those who keep his word as the word of the one sent by the Father will see him, right? So we see with our our ears, right? So I've used that expression a few times for you. Our ear balls. (laughs) I like that one, though. Right, we see with our ears. Um, Now with a new element and make our home with him. All right, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. We've already had that, but now we have this new bit. And we'll come to him and make our home with him, right? So think about all the expressions in the New Testament about us being, you know, that, well, even the way the kids say it, that Jesus, he lives in my heart. The kids always say that. I don't know why the kids always say that. Probably heard it in Sunday school a hundred times or something, right? Maybe, I don't know. Um, yes, it's right. Jesus does dwell in your heart by faith through the Holy Spirit, through the Word, right? If the Word is in your heart, then Jesus dwells there. That's how that works. But then he even uses all the language of... We talked about this in our Hebrews Bible study the last couple weeks, where we're be, we are like the furnishings of his house. So he built, He puts us in, and we, we adorn his house. Or First Peter talks about us being built. We are the living stones, and he's the foundation, and we're built upon him. Right? And he dwells. He dwells with us and in us because we are his house. We are his house together as a people of God. So you can go back and watch the Hebrews Bible study for that. If you can watch it, blocky, blocky, pastor, blocky, blocky, Just listen to me. I don't know. Well, this is like, can we can we not shut down anymore and send all the kids back to school? And then at night, they don't get to play video games. And then everything will be fine for me. But I can't make demands on my neighbors that way. Uh, right, so whoever does not love me does not keep my words. That's pretty binary, right? A or B, black or white. If you love him, you keep his words. You listen, you hold fast to them. If you don't love him, you won't. It's, there's no like, well, I'm with Jesus most of the time, maybe, kind of. Thinking about um, this uh, project that's, that's being... Uh, executed for the most part internationally, not so much here in the States at this point, because there's been a strong resistance, but this idea that, can't we all just get along? We have one world government, one world economy, one world police force, and then there'll be no more wars, and it'll be the United Federation, and we'll be able to, or whatever. We'll all get along, and nobody will hate each other, and yay, rah, right? Now, you know that this has been tried before. The Bible actually talks about this kind of thing, doesn't it? Yes. In one sense, you have the flood. What happened? To, why did God destroy the world with the flood and save Noah? Because the whole world was exceedingly wicked. They all did whatever they wanted. What, you, you could literally say whatever the hell they wanted to do, right? Yeah. All right. And we have that story. Before that story, though, we have the Tower of Babel, where they all like, hey, you know what? We don't need God. We can just build a big tower up to heaven, and then we'll be God. And we all got together. And what did God say about that? Ooh. Yeah, not going to work. All right. So now we're going to try it again. Because we didn't get it right the last couple times, God's, you know, the last hundred times, Rome tried to do it, right? The Pax Romani, we're going to have the peace of Rome, and the whole world will be at peace because Rome will rule. <laughs> You're like, is that peace? Uh, not really sure. That didn't go so well. What happened to Rome? Yeah. And then the Roman Catholics said, well, hey, look, we could take all the pieces and put it back together, like Humpty Dumpty, right? And it'll be just the same as before. And see how well that went. Right. So we'll try it again. We'll put the whole world together. And, and God will say, uh, no, that's not what we want. <laughs> that's not going to work. Because it's not faith in him. It's faith in, in, in the, the, what do you call it, the common good. The uh, greater good. The greater good, yeah. Or i think of the enlightenment. What was it? Lady Liberty actually is a represent, an icon of this, right? Not actual freedom, but freedom to do whatever they tell you. It's confusing. Um, why did I bring that up? Uh, oh yes, the word, right? Um, oh, so the church tried to do the same thing. That's what I was trying to bring up. The church has tried to do this. Where you got, you were all around when it was like, hey, look, we could get everybody to use the same hymnal. Not all of you, but some of you were around, right? So you remember,
1: you remember this hymnal,
0: right? And three Lutheran church bodies, maybe four, used this hymnal. Um, the LCA, the ELC, not, which predates the LCA. The LCA, the LCMS, and the Wisconsin Synod. And I think the Little Norwegian Synod, the ELS, used it as well. Right. And it was called this... Know. What? What is that one called? The Lutheran hymnal. The Lutheran hymnal. There's no other. It's the. <laughs> didn't no. Or TLH, the. Yeah, TLH. The blue one got I mean, I You had a blue one? Yeah, it says it right on the... It says it right on the we had an uncle. Oh, this one is missing the first pages. Robert Somebody ripped them out. Uncle Merlin, he insisted TLH was the only hymnal ever. Right, exactly. And by his hymnal, they already had the next <laughs> church, but he insisted all the hymns had to be on the TLH. All right, so, then, but then those churches fractured, and we didn't get along with each other anymore. So we're like, well, we can get everybody together again if we all do a new hymnal. It wasn't this one. It was the one that predated this. It was green. It was called Lutheran Book of Worship. Anybody remember that one? Huh? This came out of that project. Because, yeah, yeah. well, no, we, did, we, said, we jumped ship. We're like, uh, when it started saying that God is like a woman, then we said, no, we can't do that. That's not what the Bible says. And so um, then this, this was our revision of the Lutheran Book of Worship to try to make it like Orthodox again. So that, that was another champ, challenge. Um, do you ever heard of the Lutheran World Federation? You ever heard of them? Now, another attempt. Let's get all the Lutherans on the same page, right? We're going to be all on the same page, we'll all join together, and we'll be happy Lutherans again. Um, Missouri Synod is not in the Lutheran World Federation, because in order to be part of the Lutheran World Federation, what do you have to agree to? Everything. Pro-abortion, gay marriage, I don't remember, climate change, I mean, you have all that stuff. The same stuff that they're talking about with this world government was part of the Lutheran World Federation, was the These churches trying to get together. You see how it's going here? Same thing with the Roman church. They're doing the same thing. Why is the Pope talking about climate change? Like, what's wrong with you, man? That's why. Because he wants to be a part of this big government thing. He wants to be like this. Anyway. Um, Every time we try to do this and bring everybody together, what ends up happening, instead of actually getting together and saying, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, let's talk. They say, you believe what I don't believe, so you need to believe what I believe, and then we can talk. Get that? Mm-hmm. Or you have things that I don't agree with. I have things you don't agree with. We're just going to set those things aside and we'll only agree to, on the things that we agree on. And then you end up with the United Churches of Christ, UCC, for example, which doesn't believe anything because everything got distilled out. And the only thing they believe in is that there is a God, but they don't even care. There's people there that don't even think that God has a son named Jesus who died for this into of the world. They're like, whoa, that's not Christian anymore. So. This is the problem with when you're trying to dilute. Rather, we should say, look, we have really different uh, opinions about things. But if we both actually agree that we're gonna, we, we can have a conversation and we're going to act you know, cordially towards one another and we recognize that we have a difference of opinion, then maybe we can actually make some ground and be friends even though we don't agree. Is that possible? Can you be with friends with people you don't agree with? Not according to social media. Unfriend. Bye. See you. All right, so, oh, I don't know where I got, I'm sorry, I'm tangenting again. I'm a little amped up, maybe. All right, so whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me, all right? So when, like, say a creation, right? God spoke, what did he speak? Let there be light, and there was light, right? Uh, let there be water and dry land and appear, and all that, animals and birds, and breeze on Adam, and then at the end of the Genesis account, it says, um, let us make man in our image, in the image of God. You're like, wait a minute, let us make man in our image? Those plurals seem a little weird, don't they? Who's there at creation? Then we get to John's Gospel, and it says in this Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and He was the life of men. So now we find out that the Father spoke Jesus, and Jesus and being the, the Word, and then the Word, with the Word comes the breath, the Spirit, Everything was made by Jesus, through, spoken by the Father. And as, they, as the Jesus is spoken, then the breath of God comes and life is given. And all three people, all three persons, one God, three persons, are working together to bring life to the whole world, to bring about creation. That's why I don't like, I think the Catechism does this, Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier, for the three articles. Okay, God the Father is creator, I get that. We say that in the Creed, but the Son is also creator he also participates in creation because he participates in the new creation as well, right? And the Spirit, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. It says it right in Genesis. So how can you say the Spirit wasn't it created? I see it. This is, again, the German thing. Everything's got to be straight, right angles. (laughs) No, only the Father created. No, that's not really what the Bible says, but it's okay. Primarily, it's that we we attribute that to the Father. That's what we're doing. All right. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. Okay, it's my word, but when I speak, the Father is speaking. Uh, this is, by the way, uh, really helpful when, it, when you bump into people who say, well, Jesus didn't say, only Moses said that. You ever bump into people who say, well, that's Old Testament. But let me hear only the red, anybody have a red Bible? Bible with red letters? Chapters 14 through 17 are completely red. Completely red, yeah. Right, those are definitively words of Jesus. Although there is the Jesus Seminar. Have you heard of these guys? They started back in the 70s. So that's all these Bible scholars. They don't believe it, but they're supposedly scholars. And they all, they would come to a verse and they'd say, is it Jesus? Is it a definitive word from Jesus or not? And they would bring, I don't know what basis they would determine this, but they'd all get a stone and it was one color or the other color. They put the stones in a hat, they count out all the stones and then if there's more that say it was Jesus, then they say it was Jesus' word. Because there's less, then they say it was added later. Jesus seminar. Yeah, they went through the whole Bible, and so then they unread some parts because, anyway. Well, but here's my point. Does it have to be a red, marked in red in your Bible for it to be a word from Jesus? No. No, right. It's God's word, and when God speaks, it's Jesus speaking, whether you know him as Jesus in, like, say, Moses' books or not. So when God says... Um, Male and female, I created them. By the way, Jesus does affirm that, actually. He says it out loud. He repeats the Genesis text to say that's how how you're made, male or female, not pick your pronoun of choice. Apparently on driver's license, you can just get an X instead of male or female because whatever I am, I don't know, but I'm not male or female. There are a few people who are born with parts from both sexes. It's pretty rare Uh, we don't need to make a rule that allows everybody to have parts from both (laughs) sexes through surgeries and things. So weird. Sorry. Um, No. If Moses said it, that's still Jesus saying it. That's my point. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there are things that Moses said that don't apply to us today. Some of the Levitical laws. I mean, can you eat shellfish, for example? Is that okay? Yeah. Right. I hope so. How about bacon? <gasps> Is bacon unclean? Well, pigs are kind of dirty, but <laughs> bacon's good. Right, there are, so we want to be nuanced about it and say, okay, that's Old Covenant, New Covenant. You know, that's been fulfilled in Christ and no longer applies to the Christians. There's no distinction of meats for a Christian, right, in the way that there was in the Old Testament. New Testament has plenty to say about that and, and actually then interprets the Old Testament for us to say that was for them. This is for us, right? Things have changed in some areas. Some things haven't changed, male and female is one of those things. It's not like that no longer exists. It doesn't um, pertain to salvation though, right? There is no distinction when it comes to being saved. All are baptized into Christ, all are, go through the flood. It doesn't matter if you're Noah or one of his children or his children's wives, sons' wives. All right, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but, uh, we, I feel like we already talked about this, but here he is again. Oh, we talked about it up here, right? The spirit of truth, the helper, the spirit of truth, right? And now here he is again, the helper, the Holy Spirit. All right, remember? What's this word for helper? What's the Greek? We talked about all the possible translations, but what did I say you should just say? Paraclete. Paraclete, paraclete, paraclete. And people will be like, why are you talking about the little bird that you put in a cage? No, no. No, no, you can do comforter, advocate, counselor. If you're going to try to define it, then you have to use, I think you need to use the wide range of possibilities and and import all of that into this office of Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's such a lovely expression, isn't it? Is that Jesus is not going to leave you as orphans. Why? Because he's going to send the Spirit in his name. So that one, one point there is the Spirit only says what Jesus gives him to say, just as Jesus only says what the Father gives him to say, right? So if somebody comes claiming the Spirit but speaks outside of God's Word, what Spirit do they have? Not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, some kind of demon, really. It's demonic. It's Satanic, right? So he's going to come in my name. The Father is going to send him. Did we talk about No, we didn't talk about this. The Eastern Church denies what we call the uh, the Latin expression. You know in the Creed how we say proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified? Proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Eastern Church said, no, no, not and the Son, just from the Father. And then they use that as an excuse to, to break apart in 1054 a long time ago <laughs> and say we're not going to recognize the Pope of Rome anymore. And that's why the Eastern Church... Orthodox, etc., And the Western church, we still don't get along entirely. It's a thousand year old, what do you want to call it? Feud? Schism. Schism. And it's really, it's like Hatfields and McCoys. They've been doing it for a thousand years in the church. Anyway, it was over that. Does he proceed from only the father, as we see here, or does he also proceed it from the son? Now, I don't know. If he comes from the father, but he's in. comes in Jesus' name. That sounds like he's coming from the Father and the Son to me. But the Eastern Church decided that was the one they were going to die on. It was really a political problem. And it was about money. Go figure. Politics and money would divide the church? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't doctrine. But they, don't, they won't say this in the creed. So they say the Nicene Creed like we do, except they leave out and the Son. And that's called the... Oh shoot, what's the word for sun in Latin? I can't remember. No. What's the word for sun in Latin? Like like not sun in the sky, but child. Uh, Patris' father. Filia, filioque. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. You were helping me, I don't know how. Phil Sorry, there's so many things here. Philioque. There you go, now you know some Latin. And the sun. All right. That's all you needed. Uh, but here, it's from both. And he will teach you all things, meaning like um, the, the answer to the, or the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. Is that what he's talking about? What does he mean by all things, do you think? What you need to know. Yeah, exactly. And John's own purpose statement um, explains that at the conclusion. I don't know if I wrote that down here. Oh, yes, I did. John... They will confess not a complete history, see John 20, verse 30, but the central truths that must be believed, the tradition. All right? So remember, John says at the end, you know, I could write a lot more stuff. It'd be it take so many books, there's not enough, there's not enough room. There's not enough books to write down everything Jesus said and did. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And by believing you have life in his name. So here it is. He will teach you all things. And it's actually all. It says, in it, the things that's been added, it's just, he will teach you all. And then we add things, but it could be all words, it could be all. I don't know, what else could it be? It could just say, teach you everything. And bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. There's the key thing. So um, this is what, we, what you might call, um, if you're a sci fi fan, you call this total recall. You know, the Philip K. Dick novel, or not novel, short story that got turned into the Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi film? Some of you are nodding your heads. It was really a terrible movie. The remake was worse, though, so watch the original. Total Recall. So they have Total Recall. They can remember everything that Jesus said that's needed to be remembered for salvation. Um, This is a supernatural gift that they receive, that Jesus promises them here by the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, right, yesterday, so but they remember what Jesus said and did. And you note that you have four disparate Gospels, and then you also have Paul and his epistles, and they're remembering the details pretty accurately despite being spread out over a couple decades and not having the same sources, and yet they were, they were eyewitnesses and they have um, compatible records. Right. So that's, that's, it's an argument for the, for the historicity of the Bible that, that, the, that the books line up for the most part, Right? Um, but I think it's also an argument from our perspective as, as a believer for the truthfulness of it, that the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to recall even the sayings of Jesus with almost consistent you know, language. Maybe things are in a little bit different order. You know? They don't remember the order of events exactly the same. Of course, that always happens. If everybody went into the courtroom and said, this is how it happened, exactly the same way, and they had the exact same words, what's the judge going to say? you guys are working together. You're colluding. I don't know if what you're saying is true. But if different eyewitnesses have a slightly different account of things, uh, what are we t- to find the truth, we try to reconcile the differences, or we only rely upon the things that they all have in common, right? And what do they all have in common? The death and resurrection of Jesus. Right. So it's the same thing here. I will bring to your remembrance all things. Yeah. It's pretty obscure, but yeah. Is that what uh, verse 3... It says on that day means would be the day of resurrection. On that in that day, yeah. We've talked a little bit about the time references in John's gospel. So you have hour, uh, my hour has not yet come, right? But then the day is. I think it refers to the day, meaning the eighth day, the the day of the resurrection, and they're on actually, not just in the the Easter Sunday, but all the way through. To today. Um, This is one of the things that really strikes me is that I I do think this word does apply to us in some way. Have you ever had this thing happen to you where you remember a Bible verse and it's just like you're looking for something and you remember it. You ever had this problem? problem. Well, it just pops into your head and you're like, where was that? I've heard that somewhere. And then you Google it and you're like, oh, it's in the Bible. You know, where did I get that expression? Right. That's the Holy Spirit working. Right? Bringing bringing to your recollection the word that you've heard in your ear. He doesn't give you a new word. He gives you the word you've already heard. But he causes your remembrance of it. This happens to me all the time when I'm writing sermons. Sometimes I bother to go look it up. Other times I just leave it on the page and just say, I hope I got it right. You know? Um, But sometimes I'll look it up and I'm like, oh, that's where it was. You know? This is the problem. If you study God's word regularly, it just like becomes your language. It's not a problem. You're right, Ron. It's a blessing, actually. So, And that's what he's saying. He's promising them, too, that, that recall. So if you look at the sermons in the book of Acts, for example, which we're reading through um, with the catechumens, so third and fourth graders and then the ones over in public school, you look at these sermons. It's pretty incredible, the stuff that they're just like pulling out of thin air. You're like, how does that apply? Or really, our Wednesday night Bible study, that the book of Hebrews, he's pulling in, bringing in all these Bible references, and they're like, how does he, do you think he like took notes and he set it all up? It's a sermon, and it's probably been transcribed. You're like, this guy knows his Bible, back and forward like that. But we'd also say it's the Holy Spirit, gifting him. Now, this word is really helpful, and it's good. Actually, it's a really helpful word for today, I think. Um, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So that's really important the peace that Jesus gives is not the peace the world gives. Um, the peace the world gives is like, well, since we have an equal number of nukes, I guess we should be at peace. Because otherwise it's mutually assured destruction. Which is often the peace that we have in families too, by the way. I know a lot of stuff about you. You know a lot of stuff about me. So, we're kind of a... stand Stand off, right. That's not really peace. It's kind of peace. And Jesus is saying, no, the peace I'm going to give you is even better than that. And we, we know what he's talking about. It's the peace of the forgiveness of sins. Right. And I, so what I wrote is it's not a cheap wish because it is that word in Hebrew, shalom. Right. You've heard that before. You know, the, in, do you know, this is how the, pep, the, the rabbi would bless the people. And I know some of you understand what I'm doing. Yeah, Star Trek. Well, it turns out that Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock, was a Jew. And so he took the hand symbol because this, this is, this is the sheen, which is the, Hebrew, the first letter of Shalom in Hebrew. Same reason why we do like the three fingers, you know, to the Holy Trinity. You have to practice this. I practiced a lot when I was a kid. I was a Star Trek fan. <laughs> Shalom, right? Shalom. It's but it's not just like... I can only do it with one hand. Oh, well you have to practice with both hands. <laughs> I yeah, I can do yeah. it with both yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're broken. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly easier on this hand. I <laughs> can't separate it as much. both my hands. a little finger. I have a finger. get Mike's got it. Mike's got it. It's <laughs> um, a <laughs> I mean, I think what people, when people hear that shalom, they probably think of it more in terms of like saying good morning, right? Do you actually mean a good morning? Or is it just a customary greeting, right? Um, I had a philosophy professor in college. It's the only thing I remember from him is he said, don't, don't ever say good morning to me because you have no idea what my morning is like. No. like he was just kind of a jerk, but <laughs> he, he literally would do that. He'd walk down the hall and you'd like say hello and he'd just stare at you and then just keep walking. Uh, that's when philosophy kind of takes over your life and turns you into a just terrible person <laughs> just cut it out man but um, you know you say peace or good morning I mean you're actually it is a word of blessing you're, you're actually saying you know have a good morning right you're, you're, it's a word of blessing I gives you those words to say so it's a good thing and that's what's going on here too um, what kind of peace is he going to give he's going to Fights for that, peace, for that peace against, man, wait, I'm missing a, word, a letter there. Against the powers of darkness and violence, which <laughs> is right there in verse 30. The ruler of this world is coming, right? And a peace that he will bring, have to bring back from the depths of death. So that's chapter 20. We might as well jump ahead. We haven't done that in a while. I keep referring to chapter 20, so we should probably jump there. 20 verse, what did I say? 19. Yeah, yeah Thomas. Uh, the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the door is being locked where the fears were. Notice it's evening. Remember, like Nicodemus, chapter 3? He came to him at night. And then here in verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And the doors were locked. See how they're in captivity. They're held captive by their unbelief. They're in darkness. It's evening. And then Jesus comes into that with... Now, with light, think back in chapter one, where it's, um, and he was the light of men, right? So we do have that kind of language. What follows isn't a profound discussion. What did I write? Profound discussion about the relationship of the the son and the father and of the relationship of Jesus' divine and human natures. Rather, the operative word, or the word that should control what we're reading here is... Verse 28, Uh, which word did I say? Greater, yeah. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. That was back in, what does it say there? You have heard me say, that was back in verses three and verse 18, the same chapter. If you loved me, um, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. Now that word is really important, that word for greater. Did we, I feel like we talked about it last week. It's uh, my zone. I guess we didn't. Oh, we did. Megas, right? Mega? Didn't we talk about mega last week? I don't the yeah, I don't remember the context either. It must have come up earlier. Uh, how is, is Jesus, is the father greater than Jesus? No, I mean, even we say this in the Athanasian Creed. Equal with the Father with respect to his divinity. Less than the Father with respect to his humanity. True. But equal to the Father with respect to his divinity. So what is he talking about? Greater. And now I've told you before it takes place that you may believe. It's the works that he will come to do is even greater. Things that will happen later on. When I go to the Father, you're going to experience... what, what, what I will bring to you from the right hand of the Father is far greater than anything you've experienced now from me. Even feeding of 5,000, or what are some other crazy things he did? Raising Lazarus from the dead? And, and he's saying, no, the things that I will do when I'm at God's right hand, the Father's right hand, will be even greater. Because the Father's greater than I. Right? So, think of what he does. He's everywhere. His word is preached and taught. Right? Simultaneously. Or we're or um, young and older being baptized in his name his supper is being celebrated according to his institution he's gathering Christians together around the whole world he's giving faith to people uh, as they face martyrdom and challenge the you know, there's more martyrs today than there have ever been in the history it's actually getting harder to be a Christian we're just blessed here that it's been relatively easy for a while All right? so I'm going to it's going to be even more impressive what's coming. what's coming right it's going to be even better than it ever was saving best for last. Yeah, something like that. I'm just thinking about if I were a politician and I were giving my speech. You think it's been good. It was really good before the COVID. It's going to be even better next year. You just wait and see. Quarter four. It's going to be amazing. Go ahead. Your 401ks are going up. Go. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it'd be a good study to, to look at how many times uh, in the New Testament, especially yeah. Jesus or somebody said, do not fear, do not be afraid. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just think about where we are today. Okay. And the fears that we have. Right. Some of them are and rational. And they're uh, useless fears because we, we don't live all them. Well, I wouldn't say useless, um, but we don't use them properly. Okay, that's different. Right? It's the same thing with anger. Jesus doesn't say don't be angry. He says be angry, but do not sin. All right? So take, how, is your, how do you use your anger? I'd say the same thing with fear. What do you use fear for? Well, you can use fear, the things you're afraid of, show you, fear of death. yeah, the things that you are afraid of are the things that you've turned into idols. So it's not, don't be afraid, but actually look at your fear and say, why am, what am I afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of dying. Well, why am I afraid of dying? Oh, because I've turned death into a God that I, that I actually, I trust in, I want to avoid death more than I want to have faith that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and over, it's overcome death, you see. So yeah, no fear isn't. God gives you fear, not just fear of God, you know, of His Majesty and awe and all that stuff, um, but He He gives you fear um, as a way of repenting you, changing your heart. Right. So uh, He has set you free from the fear of death, but that also means you know the fear of death. He can't set you free of something that you don't actually know. Well, you can, but like, it's just like if you don't know your sin, what's there to forgive? Right. So so that's what I would say, Ron. I mean, there are a lot of irrational fears. So I mean, fears that don't make any sense. But of course, there's a lot of irrational gods that we have. It's like, why do you worship that god? Why Why do you keep staring at your phone all day? Why do you do that? Doesn't make any sense. But that's what we do. Because we're cyborgs now. We've been turned into robot human hybrids. You have to have your phone. can't leave the house without your phone. <laughs> what will happen? You won't, know where to, you won't know how to find your way home or something. Disconnected. Gosh, you see what's happened to us? That's, that's the reason why, um, by the way, um, I t- we were talking about the Globalist Project. That part of that project is to make sure everybody gets a cell phone in the third world. Yeah, it's true. So, so, you know, Mr. Gates, who's distributing vaccines and, you know, doing malaria stuff, he's you all know, making sure everybody also has a cell phone. Right. The, the 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 primary currency used in Kenya, for example, like two to three times the amount of transactions happen in Bitcoin than happen with actual physical currency. They're already electronic in, in Kenya. Yeah, they they have their phones and they tap their phones together and they transfer money that way. So it's coming. Don't worry. The U.S. Treasury will have a better version. That's our goal, right? Yeah. It's all going to go so well. You all have fake money in your phone. Okay. Uh, sorry about that no, I've told you before so when it does take place you will believe All right. so this is Jesus, he's, he's warning you he always warns, he always shows you ahead of time so that when it happens you're not like oh wow that's surprising but here this is that you believe um, that there are greater things happening All right, so no matter what happens Tuesday, Wednesday January whatever, whatever date you want to pick uh, is Jesus the Lord of the church? Does Jesus promise the church will stand, that no, no one can destroy, nobody can separate you from the love of Christ? Yeah, he makes all sorts of promises. It doesn't really matter who the government is in that regard. The promise still is true. It just might mean your life on this earth is a little bit harder, or a lot harder, right? Um, so that's why he's doing this, so that you believe. I will no longer talk much with you. Well, never mind, we're going to have three more chapters of him been talking to us, but <laughs> what we can, we'll get there. Uh, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me. All right. So he thinks he, he can destroy me, but I'm doing this of the Father because it's the Father's will. Which is the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Not my will, but your will be done. So that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. So he's going to give his life for the sins of the world to show the love of the Father to the world. So as we see the love of Jesus in dying for us, we also see the love of the Father has for us. No greater love than... Um, is there than this that one man laid down his life for his friends. What am I going to think? Oh, I'm thinking of the hymn. Where's Ethan? He's still gone. We haven't sung it very many times. Oh, wondrous love is this. Oh, my soul, oh, my soul. Oh, wondrous love is this. It's, it's Southern Harmony. It's one of those, like, um, with the hills, Appalachian hymns. Right there. Yeah. my <laughs> You know what hymn I'm talking about? Oh wondrous love is this. Oh my soul, my soul. You can sing it in a round and it gets really crazy. Because that's what we want to do in church, is get real crazy. Is it OH Wondrous Love? It must be. No, what has been sung? Wondrous. Or is it just Wondrous Love? Alright, somebody will have to find it. Uh, but think about our hymn, the hymn, Salvation and Justice where you know, where you have that dialogue between the Father and the Son, and the Father sends His Son forth to save the world. It's Hymn 555 when we sing it next, you know. And they, they interplay. It's, it's good for us to have compassion, the Father says. All right, I just have to quote it because I'm acting like you know it by heart, but uh, actually, dear Christians, one and all have rejoiced. That was our hymn last, this last week. Yeah, God said to His beloved Son, it's time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring to all salvation. From sin and sorrow, set them free. Slay bitter death for them that they may live with you forever. The son obeyed his father's will and was born of the virgin mother. In God's good pleasure to fulfill, he came to be my brother. His royal power disguised he bore, a servant's form like mine he wore to lead the devil captive. Then to me, he said, stay close to me. See? Got it? Keep. I am your rock and castle, mighty fortress. Your ransom I myself will be, for you I strive and wrestle. So think Jacob wrestling with God. For I am yours and you are mine, and where I am you may remain, the foe shall not divide us. It's beautiful, hymn. We have that dialogue between the Father and Son. Go and have compassion. That's what he's saying here. As the Father has commanded me, so the world may know that I love the Father. So note, he said, what did he say? The world will not know me? Didn't that what he said before? What did it say? Uh oh I didn't go far enough. Okay. There it is. In the far- oh there it is. Yeah. The world will see me no more. Alright? But note here it's a different verb. The world may know. Not see, but know, right? And where does knowledge come from? Hearing. Again by hearing, yeah. gnoscō. Right. Um, and by the way, know. Knowing is where does it belong? Mm. No, actually the ones in the heart. Knowledge is in the heart in the Bible, emotion is in the gut. Have we talked about this? So, when Jesus has compassion, it says that his inside's turned, right? We, we say that we have a gut feeling, that's where it came from, right? But then, some I guess it was Saint Valentine told us that our heart is where our emotions are. No, it's in your gut, right? You know, if you have a lot of, if you get like, like this spine tingling moments, or I'm trying to think, you know. Well, like when you uh, when you have like a really um, you know sorrowful moment, like at a funeral or something, you know you get sick to your stomach, right? Yeah. Um, whereas knowledge is in your heart, and then your mind is for, for comprehension for understanding. But here it's knowledge, so it's it's actually related to your heart. And again, it goes in through your ear. So the world won't see me, but it will know me. Very clear. Makes sense. So if people know what Jesus has said, but do they see him as their savior? No. They see the love that Jesus has because we put crosses all over the place. <laughs> right? Um, but do they know what that means? They know what it is, but do they understand? No. Yeah. They, don't see, they don't see on the cross, Jesus died upon the cross as their salvation. They only know it as a sign or as an icon. So there's a difference between knowledge and seeing. And that's what's going on here. No, it's the ruler of the world, right? So we've got the devil coming on the scene, and he'll show up quite a bit here in John. comes up again later in chapter 16. Um, Satan will throw all that is at his disposal at Jesus, betrayal, denial, violence, and injustice. But Jesus steps up to meet him, most obvious, as the world sees him walk through the streets of Jerusalem, condemned to die, and then hanging on the cross. It will know whether it wants to or not, whether it understands or not. So there's the idea. The world is the embodiment of the power of unbelief and opposition to God. So just like we talk about the flesh is, is, represents all of our sin, right? Is the flesh, is your body sinful? No, but you use it for sinful, right? You use it for sin to go against God. Does that make sense? You're made in God's image, and yet you don't use it to benefit God or to bless God, but you use it, or your neighbor, um, you use it for your own selfish gains. All right, so then we're going to rise let us be going. And then... Uh, never mind. Let's talk some more. <laughs> so it's kind of a... Uh, we get those false endings sometimes. right? And then it's like, John has... Oh, no. Actually, he said a lot more things. Let's have this as a separate little... Almost like sermon for the next three chapters. So pretty significant. Yeah. But we'll get to that next time. All right. We've got like two or three minutes, so I did want to share something with you. Is that right? Yeah. i got like two minutes. We started a little early, too, though. Um, maybe I can send you this as a link, but... I was looking for something and uh, President Harrison has gone dark <laughs> since COVID. I don't, it's been really rough for the International Center. Uh, they had to, they cut their budget by 40% next year. So, cause it's all trickle up. So congregations give less to the district, districts give less to the synod, synod gets less and also then less unrestricted giving to the synod. So I imagine that's what's been going on. But I found in 2016, uh, March 3rd, 2016, it was getting a little wonky then. I wonder why. It says here, in fact, the overwhelming majority of LCMS clergy are Republicans. Is that true? 95% of LCMS clergy are Republicans? So he he decided to wade into the po- political conversation, Ron, and that's why I was looking for something. This was during. must have been during the primaries, right, if it was March of 2016? Yeah. Um, so then, he shared the letter from um, from James Madison to uh, Frederick Schaefer, who was a Lutheran in uh, New York City, um, talking about faith. He talks about that, and then but he did he talks about Magdeburg. I don't know if you know about Magdeburg and what what it what it means to render under Caesar. So he has all sorts of things to say. This is a really long letter that he wrote, um, talking about how to approach church and state in the two realms. And it's basically what, um, what he argues for, and it's the same argument I was, that I would make today, is that you know as a Christian, you've got two feet, hopefully. So, right And there's two kingdoms, and you have, you have a foot in both kingdoms. That's why I'd, I'd actually never like the sign that used to be in the parking lot. You know you're now entering the mission field. It's like well you're in the mission field, we're in the world, even when we're in the church. It's not like you're going out. I mean, we're missionaries here in the church. There's people sitting in the pew that are unbelievers. Like, what? You have to assume that, because that's what Jesus said. Wheat and tares, remember? Sheep and goats? Okay. You can't tell the difference. So we're always preaching for conversion, even here. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand the sentiment of it is to say, now take the church out with you into your life, right? And I think that, that's a good sentiment because you, you do. You're a citizen, just like we're talking today. You're from below and from above, right? From heaven's perspective, you're a saint. From below, you're a miserable sinner, right? Um, it's the same thing. You, you are Because you're a child of God, you're, you're of the kingdom of God, right? And Christ is your king, right? And you have no king but Caesar. No, that's what they said. <laughs> Remember, the Pharisees, we have no king but Caesar, So they threw off God as their king, and they threw themselves in league with demonic king, Caesar. But at the same time, you have earthly rulers who rule below, right? And you live in both worlds. Um, But they intersect because you're a person, and you you live in both places. So what he calls here um, is called the magisterial, the inclusively biblical approach. is epitomized in Luther's doctrine of the two realms. In Luther's thought, each realm is a part of God's plan for ordering creation. So the church is ordered for salvation, right, that you be saved in Christ. The world is ordered for your protection and your well-being, just that your life be preserved, right? That's why we have laws and everything. And your home is also ordered that way, that children be provided for. Husband and wife love each other, right? Um, so the spiritual realm is eternal and everlasting. It's a realm of revelation and faith. Uh, and then, the, the, of course, the earthly world is, is ruled only by the law. That's why they only have the Ten Commandments. They only have a cross on the, on the uh, Supreme Court building, right? The, the Supreme Court isn't about forgiving people's sins. No, I don't think courts do that, do they? Presidents do. They pardon people. But... And then he talks about how the, the Vatican thought that the two things should be blended together, church and state, right? Still do today. Um, whereas, and then there were Protestants who said there's no such thing that they should be absolutely separate. And Christians, there are like Mennonites and Amish. They don't, they won't even serve the military. They won't serve. They disengaged from the world. And Luther's approach was like, no, you're both. You're citizens in both places. Be engaged in both, um, but you're not going to be saved from sin, death, and hell by the state. In the same way, being saved from sin, death, and hell doesn't neglect, doesn't give you permission to neglect the needs of your neighbors, to have a responsible government. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, helpful article. And like I said, it was 2016. You can get the address off of it here. If anybody wants to take the copy, I think it's helpful because um, it was kind of a crazy time, 2016. But we don't even remember it anymore. I posted a um, podcast where um, the the host. She's kind of she's pretty liberal in a good sense. Um, not she's not like a leftist. She's liberal. She's, prefers government have more of a role in, in society and things than I do. But um, she went over everything that the 116th Congress has done, which I think 116th Congress came in in 2000. It's a two-year term, right? So it's 2006 18. To, 18 to 20. And she went over everything that's happened in the last two years. I'm like, like, it's crazy, even leading into 2016. That the government was shut down in 2016 in March. It was still shut... Large portions were still shut down. They were supposed to open up in January and they couldn't pass the spending bills. Do you remember all this? It's like that's one job. They have that that's really like their major job is just to make sure everybody gets paid. They're supposed they get a whole year to do it to set up the funding bills every time, and they still didn't get it done. The Republicans only, she said, passed five of the 12 appropriations and they left the other seven to let the new Congress do. And then Trump wanted a wall and they wouldn't pay for it and then they uh, and now it's like it's just like the corona thing right you know that trump hasn't talked to nancy pelosi in more than a year in person he refuses to yeah yeah uh, some she got into a spat and then remember state of the union she tore it yeah and that was it that's a that's a grudge and that yeah so i think we have a lot to pray about when it comes to uh, tuesday and leading forward um I've tried to encourage you to, to, to think bigger than just like local politics or, and I, and I would actually think as a Christian, because we, because we are commanded to love our neighbors, uh, we need to think about how our actions and our decisions as far as who we elect, uh, how they either hurt or benefit, not just our, ourselves selfishly, but our, all of our neighbors, right? And look at the, the bigger scope of policy and direction and say what's best for and yeah, and generations forward too. Right, I mean, maybe you're okay with the idea of everybody carrying a cell phone and being told when they can go out and when they can't go out and commanding vaccines or you can't travel and all this kind of stuff, that, you know, losing religious freedom and freedom of speech. Maybe you're okay with that, I hope not, but um, you know, that's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's been tried before. Um, and uh, you know, it's like the Weimar Republic, anybody remember that? It actually wasn't that It wasn't a bad place. Why did they try to overthrow the Weimar Republic? Because it was a republic. Why are they attacking the American? Our, it's not a democracy. We're a republic. Yeah, they're attacking the Republic. because it's actually states getting along and helping each other. So we have a lot to pray for, um, and I hope that um, well, I mean, it's always the same prayer, right? that God give us wisdom, but also that His will be done, right? And that if it does mean that we have to live in a world that's um, um, more difficult for us, um, that that would be a cause for us to repent. Oh, by the way, you asked about politics, right, Ron? I keep bringing it up, I'm sorry. Um, Last week, but I looked at like, I I was trying to think of politicians in the Bible. Uh, I was trying to find one that I actually thought would be a decent one for us. I couldn't come up with a king. Maybe David, but David was kind of a jerk too. You know, the whole Bathsheba incident and then the way, you know, like endless wars for like no good reason. That was David. You go, every spring, they go to war again. Why not? Yeah. There's, not, there's actually not a king in the Bible or a ruler that, I, I mean, that wasn't oppressive and terrible. David was probably the best of the bunch. Solomon was not so great. So I, I think we maybe set our standards a little high and saying that we expect a lot of our rulers to save us from everything. And it's like, sorry, you're not going to control a virus. That's not government's job. They can't do it. They can't do it. can't control a virus. Viruses don't care what you think. And they really don't even care what you do. All right, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have um, shown us your love in your son, Jesus Christ, um, that there is no greater love than what he has done for us, which is to die for our sins. We ask that you give us peace, the peace that only that word of forgiveness can give. Um, knowing that uh, as we go about our lives as citizens in this world and as we vote, if we haven't already, that um, um, that we act according to your will, according to your word, um, but always living in that word of forgiveness, knowing that um, even our uh, most terrible decisions, you will work out for the good of those who love you. Um, we ask you give peace to our nation, that you, um, that you hold back those who would um, do violence or harm um, to our citizenry, and that you give uh, strength to our leaders um, to show to show us a way through. All this we ask in the name of your Son Jesus. Amen. All right.